Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to another episode. It is July the 11th, 2017, and this date is a date that will live in infamy for me. Now, it's not Pearl Harbor by no means, but it is a day that will stick in my mind for a long time. Four years ago on this date, I was almost in a plane crash. I was flying Allegiant Air, and I was on my way back from Florida. I was visiting my old roommate from college. So we're on the, we're taxiing on the runway. We finally get to our exact runway that we're supposed to take off at, and the plane starts going down the runway, you know, reaching maximum speed before it takes off, and right before the plane gets into the air, the engine blows up. The engine just fails, and it just uh, debris from the plane, debris from the engine goes all over the runway. The plane shakes. People are screaming. Luggage is falling out of the uh, uh, out of the cabin. It is terrifying. And being in a plane crash is one of my biggest fears. And I remember uh, it was just it was it happened so fast. It was almost like a a um, just a dizzy haze. That was just very quick, and it was slow motion though, and I, I could not believe that it was happening when it did happen, because I remember being nervous for some reason. I was so nervous about that plane ride back home, the plane ride to Florida. I was fine, but something was was just telling me that something just did not something just did not feel right on that day. When I was almost in that plane accident, that plane crash, something just did not feel right. And I kind of had an eerie feeling all weekend staying in Florida. I was dreading the trip for some reason. I was dreading the trip back home. And being in a plane crash is one of my biggest fears. I think it would be one of the most terrifying ways to die. Now, granted, it would be more scary if you were 30,000 feet up in the air and then you dropped. Or if you actually got up in the air at all and then the plane crashed because you, you really have no control when you're on an airplane. You are at the mercy of the pilot. He is the one or she is the one who controls the entire aircraft. So it was scary. And uh, need, needless to say, we survived uh, the, after the plane made this big loud boom noise and de- debris went everywhere and the engine caught fire it was over Uh, nothing happened further after that so I got off the plane and uh, they evacuated us uh, pretty quickly and it wasn't five ten minutes I got on my social media and it was all over the news it was it had already made its way back to Kentucky Lexington bound plane has engine failure and I was on that plane and I just remember uh, the news WKYT TV, uh, Victor, whatever his last name is, he's got a weird last name, he's still on WKYT, called me up and said, hey, I saw that you were on that plane uh, because they had a list of all the passengers. Would you do an interview with WKYT? I said, sure, I'll do an interview. So Victor came to my house, my home, and uh, we went out on my back deck and we did a uh, we did a story on. He interviewed me about what the plane trip was like, and 
He basically just wanted to know what happened, and he wanted me to describe the experience. I was looking for the video because they had the news story on KYT, but it's been taken down. So I cannot let you listen to the audio, but they do have the article still pulled up uh, from Orlando, Florida. Uh, it says, some trouble on the traumatic for a flight headed to Lexington. According to CBS affiliate WKMG in Orlando, no one aboard Allegiant Air Flight 662 was injured in the incident, which occurred around 5 p.m. on Thursday. Right before we were airborne, we heard this loud boom, and it was seriously the loudest sound I have ever heard, and it sounded like the plane was about to catch fire, said Adam Banks, who was on the flight. According to the Federal Aviation Administration, the MD-83 headed to Lexington was rolling down the runway when the left engine failed. Debris was thrown all over the runway. The plane was able to taxi safely back to the gate. While the majority of the passengers got another flight to Lexington, some chose to rent a car and drive there. It felt like they came too close to a crash to continue flying, but it's a machine. It's just like a car breaking down. It happens, said Pam Foster, who was, on, who was also on the flight. The FAA is investigating the incident. And that was pretty much the story of everything I just said. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. And um, I just cannot believe that it's been that long since it's happened. <sighs> but it just makes you appreciate life. It does. It makes you really see things different, smell things differently, hear things differently. When you have a close call to death, it just... It wakes you up. That could have been that last second that I was alive. And that's not the time I was wanting to die. That was not the time that I wanted to be dead. And I'm very thankful. God was with me that day. And God, um, he kept the plane on the runway. He didn't let the plane actually get in the air. It's perfect timing that the engine blew up when it did. Because if it would have blew up in the air, we would have crashed. And I would have been dead. And it's, it's just uh, terrifying to think about. Pam Foster, the other lady who was on the flight, never did remember seeing her, don't know her, never met her. But, hey, if you listen to the show, Pam, would love to have you on and love to talk to you about the near-death experience that we almost had. I actually do know somebody who was on the plane. My roommate's girlfriend, Cassie Simmons, was on the plane with me. So she knows everything I'm talking about. It was something else. I mean, when they took us back to the airport, I remember her and I, we just bonded because we went through that experience together and uh, they you know, brought us out food, drinks, and took care of us while we waited on our next flight. A lot of people did want to take a rental car back home. They didn't feel like flying, but I jumped right on a plane. My thought process was it's a one out of a million chances that your plane goes down in a crash. There was that one out of a million chance that we just escaped, what's the odds of it happening again? So I jumped on another plane and and uh, decided to, to fly back. I have nothing bad to say about Allegiant Air. One of the best flights that I ever flew on was an Allegiant airplane. It was from Cincinnati to to Vegas. So it's not like it's a bad experience to fly Allegiant. The planes just aren't the best. And you, you got you kind of get what you pay for. It's a cheap flight, but it's a little risky. So I'm, just take it from me from experience. But all is good. Four years has passed. I'm still here. And it's just one for the memory books. 
But to change the subject, let's talk about breakups. Now, if you are alive and breathing and you're over the age of 25, more than likely you have been through a breakup. And I say 25 because that pretty much guarantees that you have been. And we all can come to a unified agreement that they suck. And sometimes you feel like the pain is never going to end. Sometimes you feel like that the pain can last forever. And having a breakup, it's like organ damage. You feel like you're going to die. But the good thing about death is death ends. Heartbreak can last forever. So we've all been through it. I've been through it. I'm sure you've been through it. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's a very relatable thing that we all can, you know, uh, talk about. And each breakup is different, but it's all kind of the same. One is always more hurt than the other. And the one that is usually hurt the most goes through that really depressing time. It can be a very depressing time, and it can be a very dark place to be um, to be in after a breakup. You feel like that you lost your best friend. You feel like that you lost the person that you talk to every single day. You feel like you've lost... You know, um, your partner in crime. And no one wants to do that. And the time invested into a relationship is one thing. Think about the time that you invest um, in getting into a relationship with somebody and then it just ends. And then you feel like it's for nothing. Well, I bring this up because I saw something trending on BuzzFeed I I thought was very, very um, inspiring. And it was a fan who wrote to Rihanna on Instagram. And before I get to the message that the fan wrote to Rihanna on Instagram, I just want to talk about how cool that the fact that you can actually reach out to someone who is famous. You can actually reach out to a celebrity. You know, back in the 70s and the 80s, you know, etc., you know, back in the past, before social media, it was impossible to reach out to someone who was on TV. When you saw them on TV, that was it. You could never reach out to them. Uh, Maybe you could write them a fan letter, but that was the extent of it. Now, the access that you have to reach out to people is remarkable. Uh, The social media and the internet has made it to where none of us have to be strangers around the world. We're all more connected. Mark Zuckerberg, when he created Facebook, his goal was to connect the world. And I think he's done a a fabulous job at doing that, and he has. And um, this fan gets on Instagram and writes Rihanna a message. And he just, you know, again, you can write a celebrity a message, and chances are they're not going to respond because they probably get thousands of messages. And for some reason, Rihanna read this message... And she responded to it. And it makes you wonder why she responded to this message. How did she even see this message out of all the clutter that she gets? But she saw, she sees this message and she responds to it. The message says this. It says, uh, hey, Robs, how did you get over your first heartbreak? I've been struggling. Rihanna writes back. She writes back, okay, this message was sent at 2 o'clock in the morning. Rihanna writes back 
that next day, or I guess the same day, since the message was wrote at 2.08 a.m., Rihanna responds at 1.59 p.m. and says, Just believe that the heartbreak was a gift in itself. Cry if you have to, but it won't be forever. You will find love again, and it will be even more beautiful. In the meantime, enjoy all that you are. And then the guy responds, Thank you. I love you, Rihanna. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to say, Rihanna, you have proved to be the GOAT. Right there, you have proven yourself to be an amazing person because you did not have to respond to this guy. You did not have to give him a second thought, a second look, but you did. And I just think that this speaks volumes to what type of person Rihanna is. I think Rihanna saw someone crying for help. This guy at Walad Shamaya, who... Uh, was clearly going through a really struggling time here, a really hard time, and Rihanna sensed that. And she responded to him. Now, who knows? This message could have saved this man's life. This guy could have been contemplating suicide. This guy could have been, you know, contemplating hurting someone else. He could have just been going through a really deep depression, and he just needed someone to talk to. And Rihanna took the time to respond. Now, I don't think celebrities are any more important than a regular civilian, but someone who gets thousands of fan mail all the time, especially on Instagram because it's so easy accessible, I think this is really inspiring. And I think that aside from her inspiring act, look at the message she sent. Just believe that the heartbreak was a gift in itself. Cry if you have to, but it won't be forever. You will find love again, and it will be even more beautiful. In the meantime, enjoy all that you are. She's telling the truth. I mean, again, breakups hit us all. It hits rich people, poor people, famous people. And Rihanna put herself on that level of everybody else and saying that, hey, I've been through it too. It's okay to cry. Sometimes you need to if you have to. But the pain will not last forever. And it won't. The pain will go away. The pain will stop. The tears will dry up. You won't continue feeling the way you are now. It seems impossible right now. Because especially if you're just now going through the breakup and you're just now hearing this. Right now, you're feeling... Like you cannot move on. But I promise you, you will be able to. And I promise you that you will. I promise you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I'm Adam Banks. This has been another episode of Off the Cuff. We will see you in the next episode.